Uh, we were in uh, the United States a few weeks ago, and we were at New York City Times Square Church, and uh, that was our home base before we moved to Israel 20 years ago. And um, the Lord began to speak to me about America, especially in New York City, that the restrainer of the Holy Spirit that we read about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 was starting to be removed. And one of the reasons was the avalanche of the aggressive homosexual movement that has been released and launched in America that now permeates all sections of society from little kids in school all the way through television and media and universities and even into the churches. And so it's timely that you take a stand here in Singapore about this issue, that the, that the Holy Spirit that has been blessing Singapore in the last 25, 30 years won't start to be removed. But God can look here and say, we have godly people who are standing on my word. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay, if you, if you have your Bibles, I'd like to read from uh, Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24 has been called the spine of Bible prophecy for the end times. If you understand Matthew 24, you're, you're secure in knowing what is coming and, and where we are. However, when uh, Matthew wrote this, there weren't any uh, chapter numbers in there. Those were put in later by editors. So I'd like to start reading for Matthew 23, verse 37. And of course, this is Jesus, Yeshua, weeping over Jewish Jerusalem and weeping over his own people after the flesh. And in verse 37, he weeps as he cries out, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left you desolate, and I say to you, you shall see me no more until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And it flows into Matthew 24. Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. He looks at Jerusalem. He weeps over them and says to the Jewish people of Jerusalem, You will see me no more until Israel says, Baruch Ababa Shem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And many Jews in Israel now are starting to say, Baruch Hashem Adonai, as the Messiah is finally being revealed to them, and Arabs as well, praise God. Now, I don't think all Israel got saved yesterday on Shabbat, because I haven't had a call from any of our deacons to say that all the Jews got saved yet. Uh, if they did, and I hear today, I'm going to get on the first airplane and go home, because I don't want to miss what's going to happen. Right? But the Jews are turning to the Lord, and they are going to... The nation is going to say, Baruch Habab, bless, welcome back, Yeshua, Jesus. He's coming back to the Mount of Olives. Now he goes on. He leaves the temple, and he goes on in, in Matthew 24, and he says, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, verse 3, the disciples, this was to the disciples, his real followers, not to the throngs of people that followed him for the signs and wonders and so on, but his disciples on the Mount of Olives, where he literally will be coming back. 
And as he sat there, he's speaking to, the, he's speaking to them privately, but because you and I have the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth that Jesus has given us, this is a word for us in our private relationship with Jesus that we should understand very clearly. It's for them and it's for us. So he says, now he sat on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. The first thing he says at the end of the age, church, believers, disciples, followers of Jesus, be careful. I'm warning you that no one deceives you. Let's pray. Father, I ask you right now that you will quicken us by your Holy Spirit. I ask you, Lord, that you will open our ears, open our eyes to keep us from deception, to show us how to walk through the end times without being fooled or deceived as these things are released upon the earth. And we ask you, Lord, that you will speak clearly to every one of us. I ask for a fresh anointing. I thank you for the abiding of the Holy Spirit that is in me. Lord, I ask for a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit upon me. Cleanse my lips, Lord, and open my heart to receive what you have been saying to me and to bring it forth to this church and to this body, to Singapore, here this morning. In Yeshua, Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. So first of all, he says, be careful that you are not deceived. Deceive means to be misled, to be led astray, that someone or some idea or some teaching or something doesn't lead you astray. How did sin enter the world? Eve was deceived. The snake deceived her. He told her something that wasn't true, and she believed it. Did God really say? It all began with deception. And Jesus now says here, be careful, the first sign of the worldwide, there will be worldwide spiritual deception. And in our day and age, in the day of the internet and the information superhighway and cable television and all the rest of it, all the information that is splattered all across the screens that you look at, there's information after information after, it wasn't like this a hundred years ago. Now the truth can go forth, praise God on satellite television and is reaching hundreds of thousands in Iran with the truth, praise the Lord. But also, everything else can be on there. And if you get addicted to listening to this or reading that or this person or that person, you can get fooled. We have got to be anchored in the Word of God. Jesus himself warned us this is the first sign of the last days. So he goes on and he says, verse 5, Many will come in my name, saying, I, Many will come and say, Jesus is the Christ, and will deceive many. And the word in the original language that Yeshua, Jesus used here, means all kinds of people. A huge deception. And he's talking to disciples. He's saying to us, Do not be deceived. Now, we teach about the end times, and we you hear about the end times, and there are hurricanes, and there are tsunamis, and all the rest of All these things are happening. All that is true. All that is ha going to happen, persecution and so on. But Jesus, right at the beginning, says, when they said, tell us when you're coming, twice he says, don't be deceived. Don't let someone lead you astray. So he goes on and he says, we'll deceive many. 
And then if you, if you look at verse... Uh, Eleven, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Three times now, he said to the church, he said to the disciples, there will be people and they will deceive multitudes. My brothers and sisters, it is happening. It is happening now. Jesus told us it, was hap it would happen. It was one thing before we had the... Computers and before we had television. But now, all you have to do is turn on a channel and hear a false teacher, and there, there is secular humanism and religious humanism everywhere. All the television stations, all the networks, they are all antichrist. They don't like Jesus because he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the only way. So it's everywhere, in the schools. In academics, I used to be a college professor, university professor, as well as an actor and a director. And when I got saved, I would get in the elevator with professors that were friends of mine, and they would see me in there and they would get out that I had been become one of these Jesus freaks. There is deception everywhere. Every, every advertisement on CNN, it's all new age. It is drenching people, and they don't even realize it. MTV says, we're going to start MTV. We're going to put the filthiest TV we can put on there, and we will steal your children. And they've done it to millions of kids. It's all against family. It's all against fathers and mothers. There is deception. We live in an age of deception. And Jesus told us it was coming. He goes on and he says, many false prophets, verse 11, will rise up. And, and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the agape love, the Christian love of many will grow cold. Deception leads to lawlessness, leads to cold love at midnight. We're approaching the midnight hour. David had a hot, David the king, my heart is hot. We need a hot heart for Jesus. We need to be on fire for Jesus. People's love is going to grow cold. It's talking about believers. It's agape love. You can't have agape love unless you're born again, have the Spirit of God. It wasn't a word that was even in classical Greek. So people will start, and I have seen it happen. It is so painful when you see it happen. A young man that I know very well, when he first heard Don Potter's Show Me Your Face, he was on his face weeping and having a love affair with Jesus with the tears pouring down. And now he says, Jesus is not divine. I was deceived. He's deceived. He lost his first love. He's not on fire for the Lord anymore. He doesn't even know who he is. He doesn't know what name to call him. He calls him Hashem, the name. This is a young man that got deceived. Now, I believe he's coming out. Hallelujah. I've written him stuff. I've emailed him stuff. I'm praying for him every day. I believe he will come back. But I've seen it happen. The people that I know very well. The first major sign will be worldwide deception. Not only that, he says, many will be deceived. It's the, the proliferation of false teaching 
and in all kinds of different ways. Books. Somebody showed me a book yesterday. You're only supposed to call Jesus Yeshua. Now, who says that? That's what the book says. Yeshua is his Hebrew name. If you're in Israel and you're, you're Jewish and you're talking to Jews, call him Yeshua. That's his name. If you're in South America, call him Jesus or whatever he's called there. If you're, you're, you're speaking English, his name is Jesus. And people are deceived by all this. I've had people, I was at a pastor's uh, prayer meeting in New York City. And this woman comes up to me and says, you shouldn't be using the name Jesus. His name is Yeshua. I said, I'm in America. They speak English. His name is Jesus. I know his name is Yeshua in Hebrew. Stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, it's and look, a lot of it's coming from Israel. Part of what's coming from Israel, it's small, praise God. And leaders in the land have met about it and counseled together, taking a stand because we see this coming, trying to infect people, that Jesus is not divine. And listen to this one, that the Gentiles should keep the Mosaic law. You, somebody tells you that, you tell them, go read Acts 15. It's all been dealt with. But don't get caught up in these things. If you get caught up in secondary affections, and he is not central in everything, I'm telling you, I am so blessed that I know elderly men and elderly women. I believe this lady that I saw her altar call this morning is probably one of them. And these men, these, these women, we, we were in a conference not long ago in America. And there were missionaries there. Some of them were in their 90s. And I'm preaching, and who am I? And this 93-year-old missionary is taking notes. I'm telling you, this guy loves Jesus. He will endure to the end. He's walking with the Lord. I know a man in his 80s. He's going to come over and teach our people next, next uh, November. His name is Bertram Clendenin. If he ever comes this way, you run and listen to this man. He's in his 80s. He's on fire for Jesus. He has a school that he teaches. He does it in China and India called the School of Christ. Getting closer and closer and closer to Jesus. He understands Israel in the end times. But the centrality, Israel is not. Look, don't get caught up in Israel, Israel, Israel. Love Israel. Stand with Israel. It's part of what God's doing in the end times. But at all, if you love Jesus, you'll love Israel because he loves Israel. But Jesus has to be the center of everything. He appears to John. There's seven, seven branch candlesticks in Revelation chapter 1. Jesus is standing in the middle and he tells him, don't lose your first love. Don't listen to, Je listen to Jezebel. Don't listen to these false teachers or I'll remove your candlestick. The presence of God will be gone. But Jesus was in the center. He's got to be central in everything. This morning when I'm seeking the Lord about this, I need to spend time with Jesus. I'm going to come in here and talk about communing with Jesus. I better commune with him before I get here. Hallelujah. And that, that's where the life is. Now look what he says here. Many will be offended. Verse 10. They will betray many. You can go, go, go down to... Uh, verse 13. Verse 12. Many, because lawlessness, lawlessness will abound... The agape love of many will grow cold, but he endures to the end, shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. 
First, it deals with Israel at the end of Matthew 23. The Jews are going to turn to Jesus. The gospel is going to be a witness to all the nations. And I praise God for this church. Pastor's wife and Daphne just got back from Myanmar. I know you have missionaries out there. The gospel is going to have testimony to Jesus all over the world. The Jews are going to turn to Jesus. Those are the two major things that are happening. And when, they, when it's completed, he's coming back. So he says here, look, technology today, it's instantaneous deception. You hear it. I listen to watch a politician. This guy sounds great. And then I think, wait a minute, he's pro-abortion. They've unleashed the, the, the gates of abortion, late-term abortion. Bring the baby out, crush its skull, count its legs and arms, throw it in the trash. Fifty million in America? That's innocent blood. But it sounds good. You can, we can be deceived. Brothers and sisters, staying close to Jesus. If you're born again, if you have the Spirit of God, you have the Spirit of truth. John said, you have an anointing which is abiding in you. So you abide in Him. If you're not abiding in Him, other junk will start to clutter up your mind and your thoughts and your ideas. Abide in Jesus. That's the way through. That's the narrow way, walking with Him. Every great man or woman of God I've had the privilege to have an association with, every one of them has this in common. They get closer and closer and closer to Jesus. One time um, we were with David Wilkerson and Nikki Cruz. Nikki Cruz, uh, David Wilkerson said to Nikki, how have you walked with the Lord all these years? Nikki Cruz was filled with demons. He stabbed children on the streets of New York. His parents left him. They were into witchcraft. He was a teenager on the streets of New York. He laughed when people were in pain. He got saved. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. People, a, a gang tried to strangle him. He had this st st stutter, so I, I, he could hardly talk. He got saved because of the love of God. He said to David Wilkerson, it's the love of God, Dave, and the love of my life, wife, Gloria, his wonderful wife who's walked through him. Hallelujah. Nikki Cruz, David Wilkerson came back to New York a year after he met Nikki Cruz and found Nikki sitting on the steps in New York City. And somebody told him Nikki Cruz wanted to go to Bible school, but Nikki Cruz could hardly make words because he almost died from being strangled. He was the gang leader in New York. So he said, Nikki, I hear you want to go to Bible school. He said, yeah. So he said, look, I'm speaking at this place up in upstate New York. I want you to come up there and give them your testimony about how Jesus loves you, how you met Jesus and the love of how he got you out of the gangs and the, all the stuff you were doing, the drug dealings and stealing and everything else. So Nicky went, I, oh, I, I, he could hardly talk, but he went. You know what happened? David Wilkerson said, I want you to meet Nicky Cruz to this church in New York, upstate New York. He started telling his story, and as he was telling it, the stutter left, and he was healed. 
And the whole church was weeping. They saw the miracle happen. And all of a sudden, Nikki realized that David Wilkerson is standing there weeping. They're all watching this miracle. And Nikki Cruz realized, I can talk. I can talk. He's crying like a baby. And he goes, it's all the love of Jesus. He set me free. He has reached hundreds of thousands of people for the kingdom of God. And it's all about Jesus. It's all about knowing the love of Jesus. If he can do that for Nikki Cruz, he can do anything for you. As I said Thursday night, God is able. He wants to release magnificent, wonderful power and anointing in your life. But he's saying, don't get deceived with secondary issues. Do not judge according to appearance, Jesus said. Judge with righteous judgment. These false prophets... Jesus said they will deceive multitudes. And he's talking about believers. Why is it that in these last days with, where it's clear the restoration of the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and, and teachers has happened and God is releasing all of that, why is it that somebody will start speaking in meetings and people will get on airplanes and fly to hear this man and other major leaders, they're all famous, they're all on television, they all have books. And then it's exposed that the man is a homosexual with an alcohol problem. They were deceived. My brothers and sisters, Jesus warned us. It may look good, it may sound good. People may get, even get healed. Look, Nikki Cruz's parents in Puerto Rico, they healed people through witchcraft. The devil can heal people. That doesn't necessarily mean it's Jesus. Why? It happened just recently. All over international television, the most famous of the so-called prophets and apostles, some of them are, they endorsed this man and they knew about his marriage problems and the money problems. And they did it anyway. My brothers and sisters, that's lawlessness. When you clearly go against the Word of God, a leader's marriage life has to be holy and pure before the Lord. That's what the Word of God says. How can you break the Word of God? Because when you're deceived, you can go into lawlessness. Lawlessness is just simply flagrant defiance of the Word of God. A man known all over America, leader of the inter, uh, international, interdenominational leaders of all America, elected twice, gets exposed on television by a homosexual prostitute that he had been seeing. And this man taught on family values, and it drags the name of Jesus through the dirt. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, do, do not be deceived. It will lead you into breaking the word of God. That's what Jesus says here. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. It will come into lawlessness and the love of many will grow cold. Let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 7 for a moment. You know, I, I, I told Pastor when I came here, the Lord had really been speaking to me about deception. And I didn't really want to bring this message, but I believe it's a word for Singapore. And then Pastor told me last week, he, he spoke about it. 
Singapore is a magnet. The, the economic miracle here, the growth of the church, the huge churches. I mean, everybody comes here. And so in a place like that, you need to be careful that you don't get deceived. Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? We have not because we ask not. I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, don't let me get deceived. Lord, give me this. Give me that. The things that I need. But I ask. See, asking God is humility. Asking God means getting on your knees and saying, I need help. So just ask him, Lord, help me with this. Help me with this. So he goes on. This is the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And look what he says. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, verse 12, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate. The more you walk with Jesus, the narrower it gets. It's more and more about him. That's where the anointing is. That's where your call is. That's where your destiny is. That's where your marriage will reside in, in peace and, and harmony. The closer you get to Jesus, it's all about him. He fulfilled the law and the prophets. He is the new covenant. The more you fall in love with Jesus and spend time with Jesus, he will keep you. He will guard you. He will never let you fall. If you fall down, he'll pick you up. This is my son. This is my girl. This is my daughter. It's walking with him. He warned us. People would try to fool you. Demons will try to fool you. Timothy said in 1 Timothy 4.1, In the last days, people, there will be deceiving spirits that will try to fool you. So he goes on and he says, verse 11, verse 14, Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, but there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets. He ends the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest message ever given, with false prophets. After all the teaching, all the wonderful beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. All, be, be peacemakers. Of all the beautiful teachings, then he says, but beware, because false prophets will come. He goes on and he says, verse 15, they'll be in sheep's clothing. They're not going to come in here wearing some black cloak and looking like Dracula. Going, ha, ha, ha. Because they try to fool you. They've been deceived. They'll come in sheep's clothing. All right, how do you know? Verse 20, therefore by their fruits you will know them. You'll know them by the fruit of their life, of their ministry. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. The false gospels that are out there. I mean, I can't even keep up with them all. This, do you hear about a new one, then this one, then that one? It started all the way back in the time of Paul. He went and he wept with those Ephesian elders on the beach. And then he stopped and he said, oh, my God, people are going to rise up from among you and try to deceive you. He wept with those elders. He told them they're going to come right into the church. Brothers and sisters, 
what Jesus says here, you will know them by their fruit. Do the will of the Father in heaven. When Jesus said and gave the Great Commission, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, go ye therefore, and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything that I taught you. That's what a disciple is, the teachings of Jesus. We're supposed to be teaching the teachings of Jesus. These are the teachings of Jesus. We're, we're in the Sermon on the Mount here. Verse 22, many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, we prophesied. Have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Can you imagine? Jesus will say to some who were doing all these things, casting out demons, and he'll say, but I never had a deep personal relationship with you. This is so sobering. For these last days, somebody says to me, well, people are getting healed over there. So they get on airplanes and they fly from Europe. One time, I, a whole, they chartered a whole airplane. I was in this meeting, doing this meeting, leaders in, 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 a, in a big capital in, in, in Europe. And all these leaders were flying off to this place. And, and uh, as I'm talking about the Holocaust, some people in the back started laughing. That's not the Spirit of God. There is holy laughter. The joy of the Lord is our strength. But these people were filled. They left the, I told them to leave the meeting. They, they were deceived. You can't go somewhere and start laughing and come back and listen to a, a, the anointing under the man. I was one day, I was telling pastor, I was sitting in this meeting, the pastor's preaching, I really want to hear what he says. And behind me, this person from another country starts going, bark, 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 bark. I'm trying to listen to what this man of God is saying. And all the people laughed. Afterwards, I said something, and uh, this lady says to me, Well, Pastor Davis, maybe you need to be more open. I said, Listen, when a man of God is bringing a word, and I, I got need to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, the Holy Spirit isn't going to act like a rooster. That's something else. And they're deceived. They think it's okay. Oh, I could go on and on and on. God, I, I thank God we're in Israel where, where all the craziness comes there. But the body, most of us know each other. and We stand with each other. And, 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 but you're bigger here. And America's got it all, you know, and Europe and all the rest of it. Hallelujah. Look at this. Woo. Verse 23, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me because you practice lawlessness. People that consistently break the word of God. Pastors get, there's a pretty organ player. They get attracted to the women singing, so they get a divorce. I don't love her anymore. And people follow that pastor. And the wife is devastated. I know them, some of them. Is practicing lawlessness. God hates divorce. What God has joined together, let no man put asunder. And in the American church, the divorce rate's the same as outside the church. Practicing lawlessness, doing, going, having complete disregard. 
for what Jesus says, the way we are to behave. Listen, his commandments are not burdensome. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He gives us grace. Anything he's asked us to do, he gives us the grace to do it. He is able. Hallelujah. Practicing lawlessness, flagrant defiance of, defiance of the known will of God. It's a substitution of self-will. I know that man shouldn't be doing that, but I'm going to anoint him anyway and tell the whole world that this is the new thing. And, and they did it. I didn't see it, but I heard it. It was on television all over the world. God TV. And they never repented for it. After the man was finally... It was, it was revealed that he had marriage problems and money problems. I knew it before he even had that thing going on TV. People knew about it in another country where he'd been. And the people that endorsed him knew about it and have not repented to this day from what I've been told. Listen, this is serious. People get fooled because they, the call on our lives, we have a double judgment. What we teach better be the truth because I'm going to stand before him and going to say, where did you teach the flock? This, this is serious. Hallelujah. You know what? When people endorse lawlessness, I don't know. Now, Jesus says, imagine him saying this to his disciples. The love of many for me and for your neighbor is going to grow cold. It's like putting it in the refrigerator and it becomes like an icy heart. Hearts of believers growing cold to Jesus and running after all kinds of secondary stuff. People come to me, look at this book. People will come to me, look at this thing I got on the internet. Look at this prophecy. And I'll say to them, have you, have you been with Jesus today? Did you praise God? For Maybe that prophecy is good. Maybe it's not. I was trying to help this fellow recently. He said, I read the word some. I said, it's not about hearing the word. It's about being a doer of the word. Otherwise, you deceive yourself. That's what James 1.22 says. If you're not doing the word, you're going to get deceived. That's what James says. That's what Jesus is saying here. The end of the Sermon on the Mount and when he prophesies about the end times. Be a doer of the word. The word says, forgive your enemies. Forgive them. He'll give you the power to do it. The word says people will say things about you. Forgive them. Hallelujah. That's the kingdom of God. That's what we're singing about here this morning. That the kingdom of God will come in your heart and my heart and we will be kingdom people walking in the kingdom principles that Jesus gave us in the Sermon on the Mount and warned us about at the end of the book of Matthew. The kingdom of God will push back the kingdom of the enemy. But not if, we, if the church invites the world in. We're supposed to go into the world and drive back the powers of darkness as we take our stand, whether it's in the marketplace or in the schools or wherever. Praise God for what's happening here with this aware situation. Some people are taking a stand. And that's how the kingdom of God advances. You stand on the word of God. I've seen it over and over again. I tell my pastors, we need to do what this word says. I know it looks impossible. And God will honor us. And he does. He pays every bill 
five buildings. I don't know how he does it. We showed up in Israel 20 years ago without a fax machine. She didn't have a keyboard. We didn't have any money. We didn't have a car. We didn't have a congregation. But we have tried, and we've failed sometimes, and he's rebuked us, to follow the word of God. He said he broke down the wall of division between Jews and Arabs. They can love each other because Jesus died for them on the cross. And her worship team is Jews and Arabs. They love each other. I know these people. We disciple them. Drug addicts coming off of drugs and alcohol. And people say, oh, you can't do that. It's, it's not time for the Jews yet. It is time for the Jews. The gospel is to the Jew first. Hallelujah. It is time. It's always been time for the Jews. The church has missed it most of the time, but it is time for the Jews. Hallelujah. You don't want to get into a gradual deep, deep freeze, brother. You don't want to get into, you know, if it starts, little leaven leavens the whole lump, you know. I don't, I'm not spending time with Jesus today. I'll do it tomorrow. I don't have time today. I don't have. I'm telling you, your heart is growing cold. I haven't been praying I've neglected prayer, but you know, I'm busy. If you neglect spending time with him, your heart's growing cold. And he's saying, you have a hot heart for me. No one can fool you. You have the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth will show you all things. Glory to God. I mean, he gave us the spirit of truth. Hallelujah. You will immediately, guys, something's wrong here. Somebody came to me the other day and said something about this, and I said, be careful. And the person said, you know, I was reading something, and there was something going on. I said, well, it's the Holy Spirit warning you. Just be careful. Hallelujah. The gradual freezing, the worm of compromise. This gospel will be preached to the ends of the earth. Then the end will come. He who endures to the end will be there with Jesus at the wedding we were singing about. Brothers and sisters, I believe God has been speaking to this church before I came, which I didn't know about, that the wave of a of blessing of the Holy Spirit, he wants to release. And let me just tell you something. It begins with hearts. It begins when God has moved. It began with a man named Count Zinzendorf, or it began with a man named John Wesley, or it began, it began with a man named General William Booth. It began with the people of God. That great, great Welsh revival, it began with the pastor. It began with the intercessors. That great move of the spirit in Reese House Bible School and the, the Bible School in Wales. You know what happened? The Bible school students all started weeping and repenting. They saw stuff and the, their hearts were getting cold. And the anointing in the Holy Spirit, I've been there, the anointing in the Holy Spirit on that campus, you walk like this. The holiness of God was everywhere. World War II was beginning. Hitler was, was, was threatening to attack England. And, hit, and the Germans were going across North Africa. And Reese Howells would go up there in his prayer room and he would come down and say, I have a word. And all those kids that wept and cried, they started praying. And he said, the Lord said, pray that General Rommel runs out of gasoline for his tanks in the desert. They would read the newspaper two days later. Rommel runs out of runs out of gasoline. He said, those Nazis are going to try to take the Holy Land so Jesus can't come back and we can stop them with our prayers. It was such a great revival of the Holy Spirit. They start bringing in Jewish children running from the Holocaust. This was in a Bible school. 
Look, at, at the great move of God in Azusa Street when the whole Pentecostal movement was, was ex- exploded, it was in a barn. The pastor was an African-American. And people would want to come and see William Seymour. They where's, where's the famous William Seymour? Their, their, their pulpit was two orange crates where you put vegetables. And they said, William Seymour is down there on his, on his face with his head in those boxes, and he doesn't come out until he has the word. Some people came there and never even saw him. Because it was God was all over the place. And the Lord is looking for some people like that. Will you allow, will you invite the Lord, deal with my heart here in Singapore in these terrible days of judgment that are starting in different parts, the economy that's falling in America. It doesn't have to happen here. The church can take a stand. Hallelujah. God can send such blessing. And you know I've been praying for your church? Not just that the wave will come and go out. That's wonderful, but it doesn't last. I'm praying the wave will come. And that the, the level of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God would just higher and higher and higher. People will walk in here. You'll blow the walls off this place. There'll be people in the parking lots. There'll be people in the school. Be, that the presence of God will come. And it will be a visitation of the Holy Spirit that lasts. It costs. It costs. Second Corinthians chapter 11. Let me just read it to you. Second Corinthians chapter 11, Paul knew all about this. Everywhere he went, revival broke out. He would impact the whole city. Every t- everywhere he went. Second Corinthians chapter 11 says this. Paul says, he's talking, look, look, this Corinthian church, you think you have a homosexuality problem here? Corinth was the, was the most sinful place in the whole Greek empire. It was renowned for, for horrible degradation and sin and child sacrifice and homosexuality and little girls, prostitutes in temples to Zeus. And, and Paul goes there and the Holy Spirit breaks out and they have a revival. But then he writes him and says, I'm concerned for you, church. Verse 2, 2 Corinthians 11, 2. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I have betrothed you to one husband. Church! You have one husband. You are the bride. His name is Jesus. If you're getting ready for the wedding, oh, I had such a wonderful time getting ready for my wedding to this lady. Glory to God. You spend time, you thinking about her. What am I going to wear? How can I bless her? He's your husband. He's on the way. He's looking for his bride. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. I betrothed you to one husband. He's talking to the church that he founded. That I present you to, to as a chaste virgin to Messiah Christ. I fear though, that somehow the serpent who deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity and the purity that is in Jesus. Paul said it. I fear in my spirit, the Lord's telling me, some of you are getting deceived already. Stop getting into all kinds of, and get a hold of Jesus. Why don't you come, Karen? I want to read from Ephesians chapter 5. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 25. 
He's talking to husbands about loving their wives, just as Messiah Jesus also loved the church. He gave himself for her. And so as he's talking about husbands and wives, he says, what I'm really talking about is my relationship to my body, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Wash yourself in the word of God. Go to the Lord early. Early will I seek him. Ask him for a ream of words. Speak to me. Speak to me. Give me some food. Give me some manna. If you will wash yourself in the word of God. The word of God. Not the words of men. Men can be wrong. But the word of God. He'll sanctify you. And look at this. Verse 27. That he might present her to himself. A glorious church. Jesus, think about it. He's washing his bride. He's cleansing his bride. He died for his bride. He died for you that you can walk a holy life in a dirty world. He's washing his bride to present his bride to himself. Have you ever seen what kind of love that is? I didn't present this bride to me. Her father brought her to me. That's what happens in weddings if there's a father. Jesus is washing me to present me to him. Glory be to God. All I need to do is wash myself in his word. And let his words become real to me. And walk in his words. And be doers of his word. He says, he might present her to himself, a glorious church. He wants the glory of God on you and in this place. Not having any spot, any wrinkle, any stain. If there's a spot, if there's a wrinkle. I was so attacked by the enemy last night. We pray before we go to sleep. We pray for each other. But I'll tell you, I was so attacked, I couldn't tell my wife what the devil was trying to do to me. But I got up and I prayed and she went back to sleep. And I started binding that thing and taking authority over it. This thing was, was telling me that it was going to be, behead me. Actually did it. It's the enemy coming. But you take it. We have authority. We have the kingdom of God. We can pray in the Holy Spirit. We can bind these things. We can take authority. Don't let them beat you up like that. So he says, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she should be holy and without blemish. Verse 32, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Messiah and his church. Hallelujah. If you will let the Holy Spirit take you into a deeper place with Jesus, you have an anointing, you have the Spirit who abides in you. But he says in 1 John, but you need to abide in Him. If you're not abiding, living in Him, spending time with Him, hearing Him, loving Him, worshiping Him. I mean, I have an iPod. I, I don't know much about them. I'm not big on technology, but I got a musician guy. I got so many worship songs on there. I can worship Him outdoors, indoors, in a hotel room. We're in a hotel room in New York. I come in and find Carol. I say, where are you? She's behind the curtain. In, she says, I'm in the secret place. 
Hallelujah. Looking at New Jersey of all things. Praise God. And she got a new song and it's on her new album. She got in a secret place in a hotel. Listen, she spends time with Jesus. I love it because I come home. I'm out praying on the mountain. I come in, there's tears all over her keyboard, and I know, ooh, Holy Spirit's in here. I'm going to my prayer room, and she's getting a new song from the Lord. But she, because she spends time with him. When I met her, we sat in a restaurant. She knew she was going to marry me, but I didn't know it. Because her spiritual mother had received a word about it. And, they knew, and the spiritual mother was sitting there. She's African-American named Mother Jackson. And the Holy Spirit said, that's your wife. And I went, whoa. I didn't know it when I walked in that restaurant with the two. It was my birthday. And she told me how she was soaking as a Jewish woman in the Song of Solomon, which is all about the bridegroom coming for the bride. Even Jewish rabbis and Jewish scholars know it's about the Messiah coming for Israel. They don't know they need to know Jesus and then that, that who he is, but they will. But she was in this love affair with Jesus. I'm falling in love with her in this restaurant, and I realize she's not interested in me. She's interested in him. Glory to God. That's what drew me to her. Brothers and sisters, God is preparing his church for himself. Oh, what a magnificent gospel this is. Now, we want to minister to you as a husband and a wife, as and uh, so we'll do this. I'll, I'll come up there. Just shut in with the Lord. You don't need to look at us. Look at Jesus. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. He's the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy set before him, you. He died on the cross for you and me. Jesus, you love him. I love you, Lord.
church in Singapore, to those that are so hungry for you, Jesus, 
those that want to be washed in your word. We speak, arise, arise at this hour for your nation, for the nations of the world, for Israel. Take your stand in the universities, in the schools, in the marketplace, among your friends, among your neighbors, in the place where you live. Arise, arise on eagle's wings. Take the glory of God to the lost sheep of this city, of this nation. Arise, church. Don't stay where you are. Stand up and be counted. Stand up for Jesus. Take your stand. Spend time with Him. Ask for fresh anointing. How much more will the Holy Spirit be given to you? Hallelujah. If you only ask Him, lift your hands to the Lord. Ask, ask the Lord for a fresh a fresh anointing of the spirit of truth. A fresh anointing of the spirit of holiness. Hallelujah. Tell him, I will abide in you. I will spend time with you. I will listen to your voice. The Lord is saying to each one of you, do not embrace secondary affections. Jesus is the first love. Jesus is your first love. Run to Him. Run to Him. Run to Him. Even about children and, and spouses. Jesus is first. Get the, the oil of joy from Him. Get the word of the Lord from Him. Take it to your wife. Take it to your husband. Take it to your children. Lord, Lord, would you do something and make an overcoming church in Cornerstone? in other places where the gospel is being preached, that you may send this great wave of the Holy Spirit. We'll get deeper and deeper and continue to take us up and keep us in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 If the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you, I'm going to ask you to get out of your seats quickly and just come down here to the front. And we're going to have a time of ministry. I believe the Lord wants to release something. He wants to impart to you some place. He wants to take you that you've never been before. If there's sin in your life, just come and lay it at the altar. Hallelujah. He sees your hearts. He knows your hearts. He wants to take out the stains. He wants to release in you a fresh anointing of love. Hallelujah. 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 Do not be deceived and practice lawlessness. The heart will grow cold. Hallelujah. Lord, I ask you as these people come, I ask you, Lord, you will do something in them. Lord, as they step out in faith, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. They were healed and they're going. Lord, even as they come, you will heal wounds. You'll heal hearts. You'll heal memories. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, where there has been a lack of hope, give hope right now. Release hope. Lord, release faith. Release faith. You are able. You are well able, Lord, to take them through. And he who endures, he who has perseverance, you will take them through the fire. You will take them through the flood. You always have. And you're doing it now, Lord. If we have elders or pastors here, let's come and just lay hands on and pray on, pray over as many of these as we can. The Lord sees your heart. The Lord is hes only looking for a hungry heart, somebody that wants Him. That's all He wants. 
your heart. If you want Him, He died for you. He released the Holy Spirit for you. He went through the agony in that garden for you. He chose as the Son of God to die for you, for me. And now He's preparing you for the wedding to Himself. Oh God, what love, what amazing love is this? Oh God, touch your people. Touch, cry out to the Lord. Open your hearts to the Lord. You speak to the Lord. Focus on Jesus. You don't need anything from me. I'll proud give you what I got. But Jesus has everything. Jesus has everything. Cry out to Jesus. If you haven't been spending time with him, you've hurt him. You've hurt him. He says, I was crushed by their adulterate heart. That something else has stolen your heart. Some other person, something, something. If you're spending more time doing something else, tell him now, I want to spend deep, deep time with you. That's where the transformation takes place. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, come and set cold hearts on fire. Set cold hearts on fire. Set lukewarm hearts on fire. Set hearts that haven't been deep with you. Set them on fire. The fire of your jealousy. The fire of your love. His jealous love is a burning fire. He's an all-consuming fire. It's His love. It's His love. He wants your heart. He wants it on fire for Him. He can ignite your heart. You can leave this place. You can make a difference. People will experience the presence of God when they meet you. 
Oh, Lord. Lord, do something. Do something supernatural in every heart here that's open and hungry for you. Let them experience your love. Pour out your spirit, Father. You Lord, you told us it's the promise of the Father. Your loving Father promised to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Ask Him for more. More of the Holy Spirit. Ask Him for the manifestation of the Holy Spirit to come upon you. You have the Holy Spirit in you if you love Jesus. But there's so much more. So much more. He's the Spirit of truth. He's the Spirit of holiness. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, when you poured out your Spirit in Jerusalem. We bless you for it, Lord. We bless you. You transformed Peter by the power of your Spirit, Lord. You transformed John. You transformed all of those people. They turned Jerusalem upside down. Hallelujah. The religious people didn't know what hit them, Lord. Lord, you did it all through the book of Acts. Do it in Singapore. Do it, Lord. So get some hungry people together, Lord. Do what you did in the book of Acts. Do it again, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 The Holy Spirit is the comforter. He comforts. It's like oil on your wounds. Some of you have been deeply hurt. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you. The tears, let the tears flow. He sees. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you. He's the comforter. He's the paraclete. He's the one who comes alongside. Not only that, he prays to the Father for you. The Holy Spirit prays in ways that we don't understand. He prays to the Father. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit right now is praying through you. The Father is hearing the prayers through the blood of Jesus. He's answering these prayers. And the Holy Spirit is just moving among you and supernaturally healing wounds. He can heal a physical wound. If you have a physical problem, give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Ask Him. Ask Him to heal. He wants to heal your mind from memories, from memories of the past. He wants to cut them off. We cut off for every heart and every mind that is open to Jesus. We cut off lies from the past, wounds from the past. We bind them in the name of the Holy One of Israel, Jesus the Lord. Hallelujah. I feel this is very important at this time. Pastor David was talking about deception. And he was talking about the importance for us to ask the Lord to keep us from deception. To protect this church from deception. To protect our families from deception. Because there is a spirit of deception. And I believe that God's calling us to come to that mercy seat. And to come under the mercy of God. Because it's the mercy of God that protects us. It's the mercy of God that watches over us. And so... Would you lift your hands? I want to pray. This is a corporate prayer. And we're asking God to clothe us with truth. Give us a love for truth. And protect us from deception. So that we are not deceived in the last days. And to have this mercy 
cover us like a blanket over this whole congregation lord jesus we stand before you and ask you to cover us with your mercy because we don't want to be deceived lord we humble ourselves before you and ask lord that we come under the secret place of the most high we come under that mercy seat lord and hide ourselves lord in the shadow of your wings oh god and we pray oh god that you will protect cornerstone from deception oh god that you will protect me that you will protect the flock lord from deception lord we humble ourselves before you god and we ask you protect this people lord protect your church lord and lord only i pray the truth lord let the truth be lifted up in cornerstone let the let there be such a love for the truth in the people of god lord let there be such a love for truth and love for holiness and a love for righteousness in this church lord and a love for your word lord we pray that you will wash us with the washing of water by the word of god that lord on that day when we see you lord that cornerstone will be a church without spot and without wrinkle lord that this whole church will be standing before you without spot and without wrinkle a chaste brine hallelujah a chaste virgin before your presence oh god cleanse us from all our sins and impurities lord cleanse us from all our wickedness lord cleanse us from all our unrighteousness right now in the name of jesus let the blood of the lamb just wash us lord wash us with the washing of the word of god and we pray oh god that from this day forward lord something new something fresh lord will come into this church lord and a love relationship will take us lord into your very glory and presence oh god oh lord we love you we praise you god keep us from deception we ask let your mercy cover cornerstone lord let us abide under the shadow of your wings oh god and we give you all the glory and all the praise and thanking you for this word today lord and everybody say amen let's give the lord a big praise offering hallelujah i want to i want to pray for your pastor and daphne why don't you come i love god's shepherds i try to be one and i i'm very imperfect but I know shepherds when I meet them, different parts of the world. If you're part of this church, and Pastor and Daphne are, are your leaders, would you extend your hands toward them? Jesus, I thank you for the Spirit of God that rests upon this man and woman. I thank you that you called them out of darkness into your marvelous light. I thank you how they run after you. I thank you for the revelation you've given them about missions to the ends of the earth, the testimony, the revelation about your people Israel, their heart for the Jews and the Arabs, other nations, other cultures, for their great burning heart for Singapore, the city and the people they love so much. Lord, I pray that you will guard their health, that you will give them great wisdom about their physical well-being. You will carve out times for them where they get into the secret place 
and clearly hear your vision, your heartbeat for Cornerstone. Lord, help them as they follow you, the great shepherd of the sheep. Help them as they shepherd the people of God. And Lord, I want to thank you for all the shepherds that labor with them, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for this beautiful worship team. We thank you for executive pastors and associate pastors and pastors of youth and others, Lord. We thank you for this wonderful group of people and the family of God that we've come to know and love so much. So, Lord, protect them, guide them, help them to hang on to the promise of the wave that's coming. And when it comes, Lord, Lord, let them just ride with it, the Holy Spirit, and let it get deeper and deeper and deeper. And I pray, Lord, that the stand that they have taken for righteousness about this whole issue in the aware situation, that there would be an awareness that would spring up in the churches all over Singapore to take a stand against lawlessness and deception. Hallelujah. I bless you, Lord, that Karen and I can call them our dear friends. In Jesus' name, amen.